Hey guys, I hope everyone is doing well, but if you're not, I pray you would find the strength to speak it anyway, to declare it is well with my soul. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We have a choice in every moment to speak life or death. We can succumb to our current situation and speak death or hopelessness or any other negative emotion into existence. Or we can cling to our faith and choose life. Despite your current situation, speak life into your spirit. Speak hope, restoration, victory. For the words you choose will set the mind on its course for the day. If you need hope, speak it. If you need strength for that day ahead, speak it. If you need joy, speak it. Ask God for it, then believe it, declare it, and witness it. I love what it says in Mark eleven twenty three. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. The secret here is that little part that says, and does not doubt. Faith is like a muscle. The more we exercise it and use it, the stronger it gets. It is so easy to let our circumstances determine our mindset or the words we speak. But decide today, no matter the situation, I will speak life and hope into my day. I will walk by faith and not by sight. I will believe and not doubt. I will ruin the enemy's day and I will walk in the power of the name of Jesus. Now, okay, let's jump into today's message, which is titled, What Are You Doing Here? Have you ever seen someone and you just knew they were not where they belonged? Just totally out of place. That reminds me of uh, Michael Jordan when he tried to play baseball. You just knew that is not where he belonged. Have you ever seen someone trying to uh, trying their best at something, but their talents were in a completely different area? And you just can't help but ask them, what are you doing here? Sometimes we get off course, life happens, and before you know it, you are a long way from where you should be. You, should, you, know, you find yourself waking up one day saying, what am I doing here? Have you ever gotten off course or ran from God or from what God was calling you to do? Have you ever tried to make your plans become God's plans for your life? Only to wake up one day and feel God speaking to you saying, what are you doing here? That is where we are with Elijah in today's message. His life was threatened by Jezebel, and instead of taking it to God, he ran, which took him way off course. He found himself far from where he was supposed to be, and God asks him, Elijah, what are you doing here? But before God confronts him, look at what God does for him. Elijah is broken, disappointed, afraid, and totally giving in to the pressure and the weakness of the flesh. Can anyone relate? I know that I can. In a moment of weakness, Elijah shows his humanity and wants to give up. He wants to walk away from God's plan. He even downplays his calling and implies he is nothing special. But let me say this. Don't ever let yourself speak those kind of lies. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When you say you are nothing special, you are calling God a liar. You are saying, God, you have made a mistake with me. But God doesn't make mistakes just like we know God is not a liar. 
When he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, he means it. And that's a fact. Don't give the enemy the, that foothold in your life. Okay, now back to Elijah. He is broken and far from where he needs to be, but look at how amazing our God is. Look at the mercy, grace, and compassion that God displays for Elijah. In 1 Kings 19, 5-9, it says, All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid back down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached uh, Mount Horeb, or reached Horeb, uh, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Now, don't miss this, okay? Oh, and a side note, by the way, a lot of people believe that this uh, is the same place that Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock that it talks about in uh, um, back in the Old Testament. So, don't miss this. The love and compassion displayed here hits me right in the heart. Elijah is in the wrong. He is not where he is supposed to be. God could have been harsh on him, but instead love rushes in. Compassion and mercy are on full display. God knows Elijah is human, as we all are, and God gives him grace when he needs it. God sends the angel to bring him bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. To me, this shows God's abundant goodness. This is not leftover bread or a day-old bread. This is fresh, warm bread made just for him. And he, and he even brought him a jar of water. Here, you know, here recently, I, I had given uh, my older daughter $20 for something she wanted to do at school. Then she decided that you know, she didn't want to do that anymore and went to give me back the 20 I told her to keep it because I knew she was saving up to buy some books and that 20 would would give her enough to buy the books that she was wanting to buy. So, But she looks at me surprised and said, thanks, Dad, you didn't have to do that. To which I replied, I know I didn't, but I love you. And that is the way love works. I didn't have to do it, but I did because I wanted to, because I love you and want to bless you. That turned into an opportunity for me to demonstrate for her how God doesn't have to do for us like he does, but he does because he loves us and wants to bless us. It gave me joy to bless her like that, just like I know it gives God joy to bless us like he does. So, all right, so not just once, but twice the angel of the Lord visits Elijah to care for him to ensure that he is taken care of because God knows the journey ahead will be too much if he doesn't eat and get his strength back. So Elijah regains his strength and travels 40 days and 40 nights. That's a lot, by the way, to the mountain of God. Now, here we see God speak directly to Elijah. In verses 9 through 10, it says, And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Verse 11 through 13 says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, 
and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah gives God the same response as before. And God tells him to go back the way he came. God sends him to Damascus where he is to anoint two kings and Elisha as his successor, uh, as the prophet of God. So what I want to take away from this passage is that when God asked Elijah what he was doing there, Elijah threw a pity party with excuses. Then God taught him something. Elijah had this his idea of how God speaks or should speak and reveal himself or how God teaches his people. And Elijah expected the big things, you know, like the battle um, between him and, the, and all the prophets of Baal and Asherah and that big old showdown. You know, Elijah was looking for God in the big things, the spectacular things. Uh, he, he was expecting those spectacular things to have more of an impact on the people. But God shows Elijah that he is often in that gentle whisper. Elijah, like us, could not handle the overwhelming nature of God. So God chooses to be gentle with us. Think about the times when God has taught you and spoken to you. It is often in that gentle whisper, out of love and mercy. God is gentle with us. Elijah is afraid, is afraid to come out of the cave when the wind came or the earthquake or the fire. It was when he heard the gentle whisper of God that he felt safe to come out. God was showing him that even though there are times when God does some spectacular things to get people's attention, it is his gentleness that changes hearts. Look at how Jesus came into the world, gentle. Look at how Jesus treated those around him, gentle. Look at how God treated Elijah when he ran from his purpose. God was gentle with him. This story of Elijah shows us that God is a patient and full of compassion, that he understands our weakness and he is full of mercy and grace. God was good to Elijah even though he did not have to be, and God is gentle with us as he guides us back to where we need to be. You might have messed up really big. You might have gotten off course. God wants you to know that he understands and he loves you. He wants you to know that his grace is sufficient for you. He doesn't desire to be harsh with you. Instead, he wants you to know that he is gentle and full of compassion, mercy, and grace. He wants you to know that it is okay to say, God, I screwed up. I need your help. You can surrender to him and let go, for he is gentle. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God was showing Elijah and us that we should not be harsh with with others. Instead, change hearts by being gentle and full of compassion, especially to those in need of His grace. God, you are a good, good Father. I am grateful for your mercy. Thank you for being gentle with us when we mess up. Thank you for being patient with us. You are trying, you know, when you're trying to teach us or correct us, 
God, I feel like you are showing us that it's not the the big things that show us who you are. It's the small things, the gentle whisper, the peace that can't be explained, the joy that comes out of nowhere, the unconditional love when we mess up. God, I ask in Jesus' name for your favor to fall on your people. I pray that revival would come to your church. I pray that you would use us to be a witness of your love and kindness. I pray that lives would be changed. Fill your people, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Teach us your ways. Help us to walk in the power of your truth. And may we be faithful to give you all the glory and honor. And God, I ask for one more thing. I ask you to help us to be bold, to live out our faith for the world to see so that they can truly see you in us. All this we ask in your name. Amen.